We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. And you can follow the podcast at Step Back Mavs. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I take that back. We're not on Facebook anymore. Uh, I actually changed that over uh, to DallasBasketball.com because uh, that's mainly you know what we were posting on there anyway. All of our all of our links to our stories, and so you can follow DallasBasketball.com uh, at Mavericks SI on Twitter, and then you can find us at DallasBasketball.com on Facebook as well. Uh, today, uh, after my long hiatus, it was a much needed break, uh, you know, and obviously I didn't miss much <laughs> with, uh, with, with the Mavs, uh, off season so far, but, you know, I took a little bit of a hiatus from doing a pod and, uh, joining me on our grand return here is my DallasBasketball.com colleague, Grant Afseth. Uh, he is also the editor in chief of uh, inside the spurs.com which is part of our branch off you know we've got uh we got the mav site we've got spurs now rockets uh magic and Knicks. uh so we've been kind of expanding our overall nba coverage but still the majority of the focus you know we're doing a ton of stuff uh mavs related especially myself that's that's mainly where i've i've been focusing on but grant how's it going man how's your summer been Oh, it's been uh, very uh, solid for sure. You know, uh, getting a little bit of a of a break from doing game by game deep dives uh, from a Western Conference Finals <laughs> playoff run is a little nice. But uh, you know, when there's summer league games, you gotta you gotta treat them like it's the same. <laughs> for oh sure, yeah, with how long it's gonna be without basketball at all. Yeah, people people don't really understand. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, there's only so much you can you can complain about, you know, when you're doing media stuff, you know, it's not like we're out there playing or anything, but you know, when the maps come out of nowhere and they have as deep of a run as they did, you know, when, when, when it's all said and done and it finally came to an end and then it's so close to the NBA finals and then the finals ended and then you have the draft and free agency just a few weeks after that, like it all stacks up really quick and the season just kind of, it was so it drug on so close to the finals that, you know, when all that other stuff started, she's like, man, I'm running on empty here. <laughs> so it, it was good to get to recharge a little bit. And uh, yeah, so the summer league stuff that needs to be attended to now. And, you know, the Mavs, they still could do some, uh, 
some stuff later this summer more exciting than what they've done in free agency so far. But uh, it was good to recharge. And, I, I, you know, you're in Las Vegas right now, too. Uh, so, I mean, what's your – I'm going to do a pod specifically for Mavs Summer League later this week. But just from what you've seen so far in Vegas, I mean, what's your takeaways from – uh, Jaden Hardy and like AJ Lawson or who else has kind of caught your eye? Yeah, I think uh, AJ Lawson's definitely been solid. I think he does a lot of little things well. Um, like, uh, um, you know, his catch and shoot's been impressive. That first game was really, really impressive. I think, uh, you know, like it's kind of hard to find a role player like three and D guys that can kind of shoot on the move a little bit and like really know how to move uh, when drives are happening, like shaking up out of the corner. And he does a good job of little things like that. So I think, you know, some team will be smart to uh, give him a contract. He's like, what, a six-foot uh, six uh, with a plus wingspan, and he uh, competes on defense. So I think, uh, you know, whether it's the Mavs or somebody else, I think uh, they would be very wise to uh, give him a, a shot. Yeah, and I'm writing a piece for DallasBasketball.com right now on it, but, you know, over the last couple of years, aside from Tyrell Terry – which that did not turn out well at all. But aside from him, you know, most of the Mavs two-way contract guys have been older guys, you know, at least at least 23, 24 years old. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there, there were rumors coming out of Europe that Tyler Dorsey uh, was going to sign a two-way contract with the Mavs, which hasn't been made official yet. But, you know, if that happened, he's 26 years old. So, my my opinion on it is I feel like the Mavs should, you know, be giving out these two-way contracts to younger prospects. Uh, and, you know, I'd really like to see uh, the two-way guys end up being um, uh, A.J. Lawson and Marcus Bingham uh, Jr. That That's my two I would give them to. They're both – they both just turned 21 years old. Uh, so they're young. Uh, they've got some translatable NBA skills. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hype up, uh, Bingham, Bingham Jr. a lot, but you know, he does kind of seem to have like that, that young Rudy Gobert mold, you know, real lanky has a knack for blocking shots. Uh, he can actually shoot the ball a little bit on offense. So, I mean, it's not, it's not completely a Gobert comparison, but you know, I just, I, I see some potential there and I wouldn't mind having him on a two-way contract too but I mean am I wrong for that or I mean I get it Tyler Dorsey I could see him you know having some sort of an impact if the Mavs end up being short-handed for some reason during the season because you know he shot the ball well overseas uh he's played in the NBA briefly before but it's been like 2019 since he's done so uh I don't know man I I just nothing against Dorsey I just I would rather the Mavs focus on younger prospects with those two spots I agree. I think part of it um, with the last like year or so, um, if you had to worry about like, oh, what if we get in a, a bind with, uh, you know, a lot of guys uh, ending up on the, you know, health and safety protocols, then I could see where it's like, okay, maybe we want someone who's more experienced uh, to be able to step in and have one of those two way deals. But I think going forward uh, with that not really being like a concern. Um, I definitely think higher upside, uh, utilizing, uh, you know, the legends and all that good stuff, I think, uh, would definitely make sense. And just, and like I said, well, I'm going to do a, a pod specifically on the summer league guys and Jaden Hardy and all that later this week. So 
I'll save most of that for that one. But just kind of moving on to the Mavs offseason as a whole, it started off on a really positive note. I mean, you know, they a week, a full week before the draft even started, they made that trade uh, for Christian Wood, which was like, you know, a, a pennies on the dollar type of trade. They really didn't give up much for him uh, aside from that number 26 pick. Uh, but then they turn right back around a week later in the draft and they make a trade with Sacramento Kings to get the number 37 pick and they draft Jaden Hardy, who supposedly the Mavs say, or according to Tim McMahon, uh, was number 19 on their draft board. So uh, if that's the case, they got pretty good value for Hardy, and it's really like, you know, they didn't really miss that number 26 pick after all. So that started off on a really good note. It seemed like everything was, you know, positive, trending in a good direction, but then free agency started. (laughs) The dreaded the dreaded Mavs free agency period that all fans just kind of cringe as it's coming up. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, man, I, I'm typically pretty optimistic and I had even talked myself into like, okay, this is, you know, Nico, it's been his first full year on the job. Uh, Luca, you know, he's coming off his third straight all NBA first team appearance. The Mavs just made it to the Western conference finals this is the year. This is the year everything's going to be different and the Mavs are going to have, you know, a much better free agency period. And they come right out of the gates with, you know, losing Jalen Brunson for nothing, it looks like. That deal still hasn't been made official as of as of noon today on July 12th. Uh, that I'm sure that'll probably be made official as soon as we stop recording this but (laughs) (laughs) but that as of right now that has not been made official uh but it looks like it's not going to be a sign and trade uh it's just going to be the Knicks using cap space so the Mavs are going to lose him for nothing uh how have they rebounded since knowing that they're going to lose Brunson well they've signed JaVale McGee to a three-year contract for nearly all of their taxpayer MLE mid-level exception uh, he's 34 years old. They signed him to a three-year contract. So, uh, you know, JaVel McGee, he, he brings a skill that the Mavs lacked last year. You know, he helps their big man situation, in my opinion. Uh, is it worth a three-year deal for, you know, most of the taxpayer mid-level exception? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, he, he does help when you, you know, look at it from an overall perspective and you take into consideration that Dwight Powell was the starting center uh, for the Mavs throughout the entire playoffs. So uh, so they did that. Uh, they re-signed Theo Pinson, who was, you know, mostly a, a cheerleader last year. But, you know, he was important to the culture, and uh, he got everybody involved, and he made Rudy Gobert upset. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, he, other than that, I mean, he did show some flashes in that season finale against the Spurs when he scored 16 points and hit like five of five from three or something like that. But, you know, other than that, the Mavs haven't done anything. Like, that's it. They made the trade for Christian Wood. They got Jaden Hardy. They lost Jalen Brunson. And now they went out, like, right out of the gates of free agency and gave JaVale McGee this questionable contract. And, you know, that's just it. And maybe it has something to do with, you know, Kevin Durant requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, everybody's just kind of waiting around for that. But, man, I hate that. I hate that so much. It's what they did in 2019 
Uh, now, given they had a bunch of cap space in 2019 to bloat too that they didn't have this summer, but you know, in 2019 it was a waiting game too. Kawhi Leonard, and they were just waiting to see if they had a chance at getting Danny Green instead of doing something else with their their cap space. And then you know they ended up getting burned, and next thing you know, Delon Wright is on the team. <laughs> <laughs> for the full mid-level exception. So I don't know, man. I'm just I, – I think the team is still going to be really good next year. Like, I'm not down on the team overall because, you know, I th- I actually like Spencer Dinwiddie moving into the starting lineup with Luka, uh, you know, having a bigger guard like him uh, instead of Brunson. Now, I know the efficiency isn't going to be the same, but, you know, I, I don't hate that part of it. I just – I just wish they had done more. They need another wing, like in my opinion, really badly. They needed to go out and try. I mean, you're not going to completely replace Brunson, but you know, throwing a veteran minimum contract at Goran Dragic, who is a huge uh, Luka Doncic guy, like it, it feels like. Like, yeah, they had some interest in him, but it wasn't, like, great interest, so they're just going to wait around and see what happened with the KD stuff. Well, they waited around too long, and Dragic said, no, I'm not waiting on that, and he goes ahead and signs a deal with the Bulls. So that option's out the window. You know, I had a report the other day that, you know, the Mavs are planning to attend uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s private workout in Vegas. He's doing for around 10 teams or so. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's where they're at as far as like looking to add secondary playmaking. Uh, and there's only one open roster spot, but that can change with trades. But anyway, I'm just kind of rambling here at this point. Cause my mind is just all over the place, but I mean, what's your overall take from what the mass have done so far? And I mean, what, what, what do you think they can do, uh, to kind of fill some of these holes that they have before training camp begins? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the general idea, um, you know, it's adding JaVale McGee as the starting five and then uh, Christian Wood at the four. I think, you know, like based on their comments as well, it's pretty clear they feel that, you know, adding more size will help, uh, you know, alleviate some rebounding uh, uh, concerns that they had, um, you know, during the playoffs. And I think like that's that's fine uh, and all like to add more size, but um I think uh, when you just kind of uh, like look at how um, JaVale McGee anchors a defense, like it's one thing to call someone a shot blocker versus like a legit defensive anchor. I think uh, like he plays in a deep drop and he's not necessarily the best out in space. Um, and Christian Wood, uh, he's, you know, he's lighter on his feet and, you know, he can play out in space, but he gets pushed around even by like wings uh, when they're attacking him on switches and stuff like that. So, like, there's limitations. Like, obviously, no one's advertising, uh, you know, a trade a, a, salary, a bunch of salary fillers in the late first uh, for a guy and then signing the taxpayer Malia is, like, a perfect uh, pairing or solution. But um, I'm just curious to see, like, uh, you know, how the execution is defensively because, uh, you know, Christian Wood, um, that's that's probably going to be the biggest uh, X factor. I think teams will look at him and uh, try to get him on switches and involve him in actions, things like that quite often uh, to test him out. And then I think JaVale uh, on switches, if he does switch, I think uh, – you know, he, he isn't necessarily the best um, out in space as we, you know, as I just mentioned, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just kind of curious to see how it all plays out. Like I, I get the general concept, 
I just, uh, you know, it'll be interesting against like kind of higher level teams who are looking to seek out those uh, vulnerabilities and just kind of see how uh, those guys kind of like execute whenever they're being picked on defensively. Well, and I mean, the starting thing, it doesn't really mean as much to me, especially like this, you know, because I mean, I know I have comments and I have complaints about Dwight Powell starting uh, for the majority of last season and the entire playoffs. But, you know, at least in the playoffs, it was more just like a decoy kind of start thing. Like he didn't play more than maybe 10 minutes a game somewhere around there. And then he just didn't play the rest of the time. So I don't, I mean, I don't think JaVale McGee is going to play a ton of minutes, you know, what, maybe 15, 20 minutes a game. And I think they'll kind of, stagger the lineups a little bit especially if they start getting exposed like you said with people singling out Christian Wood and you know assuming that that his defense isn't better than what we've seen in his previous stops you know that could be a problem and I think the Mavs might you know might have to make an adjustment there but I I don't think JaVale's just going to start and play like real starter minutes and they're going to keep those two together the entire time so I'm not super worried about that. I am worried about, you know, them just kind of packing it in and calling it a summer. And I get it. I get that they're waiting to see what happens with the KD situation. You know, what's going to happen in Utah with Donovan Mitchell? And then, you know, even if they keep Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, are they going to try to uh, get more draft assets and trade away guys like uh, Boyan Bogdanovich or Mike Conley or, um, who else is on that? They got Patrick Beverly now, which is an interesting Malik name. Could be another uh, trade candidate. I feel like right, yeah, Malik Beasley, uh, our new guy, uh, DW Shopping that's uh, that's writing for us at DallasBasketball.com. He just put out a speculation piece. He put uh, a, a trade that could potentially get the Mavs uh, Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley, which. You know, I wouldn't be against it. I just, you know, there's so many different pieces there that you could pick and choose from uh, from the Jazz. But one interesting one to me that I've been I've seen floated around, and I wanted to get your opinion on, is the idea of you know trying to combine a lot of salary to make it to where the Mavs could get back both Bogdanovich. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. word this could the Mavs potentially get those two guys and a draft pick for the assets they currently have or would it be one of those situations where it's like if you're going to get Bogdanovich too that's kind of like <laughs> that's kind of like uh the Jazz attaching a first round pick like okay you can have Bogdanovich but you're going to have to take Mike Conley without us giving up a pick well I do think um the idea of Mike Conley, I know he got picked on um, in the playoffs, uh, like being a smaller guard. Um, but I do think kind of what, what we've seen from uh, like Jaden Hardy running the offense uh, in summer league, I think there's uh, quite a bit of work that will need to be done. So I, I do think having a experienced kind of like initiator of the offense, um, like, you know, Mike Conley has tons of experience doing that. Um, and he, he's, he's very solid attacking off the catch, things like that. I think he'd be a very solid fit. Um, so I think, I think it would make sense, uh, to, to acquire him in a throw in you like from a basketball standpoint, like maybe you'd have to evaluate the whole like future salary thing, um, to really like determine if that's, that's worthwhile. Um, but I do like the idea of Bogdanovich a good amount too. Like he, uh, you know, he's not the quickest, um, not the best defender, but he at least competes and, uh, you know, he can do a little bit of everything offensively. And I think, uh, having a wing, um, that can kind of provide uh, those kind of contributions he did uh, in the playoffs. Like, you know, some of those stretches where he, you know, had to get like 10 straight points, uh, eight to 10 straight points at one point, coming off just like off-ball screens, doing a little bit of everything. Um, adding talent like that uh, I think definitely helps, especially when you have a superstar who uh, draws the attention of the defense and can like uh, really like get into teeth of the defense. Unlike, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, uh, isn't really going to make like uh, rotations and things like that uh, from the defense like Luka can. And I think, uh, you know, someone like Bogdanovich gets maximized in a situation like that. Well, and like you said, he's not the greatest defender, but he's a big body. Like he, you, he was making guys work uh, in the playoffs. He was like, in my opinion, Bogdanovich was the only reason that the Jazz didn't get swept. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He had stretches where he was really solid. Uh, um, going on like a couple of runs by himself and, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, during his time with the Pacers, um, you know, he, I think it's a kind of overstated a little bit about uh, the job he did on LeBron in that game one uh, that everyone loved to talk about. Uh, yes. They didn't guard <laughs> Jeff Green at all and they loaded up like crazy on LeBron. But still, that at least tells you that, you know, he's going to, you know, if he has a tough matchup, he's going to compete. And, uh, I mean, really, at some point, when you provide a lot of value offensively, um, you know, you can live with that. Yeah. And, I mean, like you said, Mike Conley, as far as just a fit perspective, I think he would he would fit in quite well, too. It's just that salary, you know, the having the, uh, the extra years on the salary. And I don't know – I don't know how the Mavs would view that. But, I mean, look, that's where the draft – compensation question comes in like if if the if the jazz are blowing things up if they're about to go into like tank mode 
uh, you know, if given all the picks that they just got for Rudy Gobert, which I still I cannot believe the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up essentially five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. That's just baffling to me. They broke the off season now. They broke. They <laughs> they ruined the market. The market is so skewed now. It's so dumb because now you have the Nets probably asking for like 10 first round picks. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know. That's one reason why nothing has happened yet because, you know, the the Nets are like, oh, well, look what Rudy Gobert got. And I'm sure other teams are just like, yeah, but it's the Timberwolves. (laughs) I don't know, but anyway, I just love listening to like uh, like Brian Winhurst on uh, ESPN's podcast, and he's just like, "Who are they bidding against?" Like, like it's just the more you think about it, the more like just entertaining it is. Right, right, and I mean, you know, given that it was such a big haul for Rudy Gobert, and it's probably the only team that would have done something like that uh, with the Jazz, you have to wonder, you know, if if the Jazz do end up going into a full rebuild, like. Guys like Conley and Bogdanovich aren't going to do them any good, but you know they're probably not going to be able to trade Conley unless they attach draft compensation. So, I mean, I don't know what all the moving pieces would have to be, but you know, if if, if a situation like that came up and the Mavs were able to get both Conley, Bogdanovich, and a draft asset, that would be amazing to me. I mean, I, I get that the Mavs want to you know keep flexibility going financial flexibility going forward but you know i'm so over that kind of stuff grant i've seen it year after year where the mavs think that having cap space in future free agencies matters and it really doesn't you know it's part of the reason why they got in this jalen brunson situation because i feel like in 2018 when they put his contract together you know part of the idea of just giving him a you know, a straight four-year deal with the fourth year not being guaranteed, uh, you know, was kind of thinking about Giannis, 2021 free agency, and then we know how that turned out. Giannis ended up signing an extension well before then, and all that blew up in their faces. So instead of Jalen Brunson being a restricted free agent after year three, he ends up being unrestricted in year four, and he ends up leaving for nothing. So I'm just so over the, the cap space thing. I think it's a myth. I don't think it does anything for – I feel like if somebody wants to play for your team, you know, in this player empowerment era, it's going to happen one way or another. You know, they have smart cap guys for this reason. <laughs> like, if player X says, I want to play for the Dallas Mavericks, player X is going to find a way, you know, if he's good enough, uh, to, to play for the – for yeah, sorry, to play for the Dallas Mavericks. He's going to find his way onto the team, and the Mavs are going to do anything to get him. So – I'm just so over the cap space stuff. So I don't care if they end up, you know, making a trade to to take Mike Conley's salary on. He fits a need. He's experienced. He's a veteran. And if he if they can find a way to get Bogdanovich too, I mean that would that would just be icing on the cake. But uh, just kind of surveying the rest of the league, Grant. I mean, is there is there any other potential opportunities you could see for the Mavs to like jump in and add? you know, another quality bench wing or another secondary distributor that we haven't already talked about now. Because, I mean, I, I mentioned – I briefly mentioned about how the Mavs are uh, attending Dennis Smith Jr.'s uh, private workout in Vegas. And what's interesting about that to me is, one, the best years of his career or obviously his first two 
or his first year and a half when he was in Dallas. Uh, but, you know, things didn't really work out with, you know, Rick Carlisle. He obviously became a better defender uh, as his career progressed, but he just hadn't been able to stay healthy. And now for the first time in probably two years, he is finally 100% healthy again, and he's just looking for a shot. So I don't know if anything will come of it. You know, if anything, I'd love to see him get a camp invite to kind of, you know, show what he can do since the Mavs have a need for something like that off the bench now. Uh, but, you know, I'm just curious to see if you can kind of survey the rest of the league and see any other opportunities that might open up before training camp. Um, I do think, uh, just kind of thinking, I think Utah is definitely one of the, uh, um, uh, one of the main situations, uh, depending on like what happens with Donovan Mitchell for sure. I think, uh, I think there's a lot. There's been a lot of movement already um, that's kind of taken place. I think uh, uh, that makes it kind of tricky uh, th- this deep into the off season uh, to kind of survey the landscape a little bit. Um, I do think uh, like because like guys like Malcolm Brogdon, for example, like already being moved, uh, that could have been an intriguing like uh, option to potentially pursue. But uh, you know he's already off the board, uh, and the pr- the price really wasn't even. Uh, a significant like it was just like salary filler kind of almost like the christian wood uh trade in a sense um so i think with teams already kind of taking advantage of those uh opportunities uh there probably isn't a whole lot for like a secondary ball handler um unless you're willing to kind of take a risk on like a higher contract player that uh um their team would be open but not necessarily like pushing to trade um i think uh you know, like, I don't even want to uh, go too deep into those because, like, then you get into, the, like, the the whole, like, Kyrie Irving, then you get into, like, D'Angelo Russells, and then, like, stuff like that uh, is probably, uh, uh, unless you want to go bargain hunting and maybe uh, go for, like, um, you know, like a shooting threat that can do a little bit off the ball but isn't really going to, like, run your offense. Like, maybe you get in in the mix for, like, Seth Curry with the way the Nets – uh, are kind of reshuffling the roster if they do uh, move on from their stars. And, uh, you know, I guess the options are a little limited uh, at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just at the point now to where, and you mentioned Kyrie Irving too. I'm in the minority here based on the replies I've gotten on, <laughs> on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, every time I've written something about a Kyrie Irving Mavs rumor, Maybe I am in the mon- in the minority on this, but I mean, depending on what his actual value is, I would be fine with it. Like the guy averages what twenty seven points, seven or eight assists a game, something like that. Oh yeah, basketball wise, uh, it's it's incredible yeah. opportunity. Like because he's are like especially alongside LeBron, like a guy who's like relatively similar like with Luca, like really going to run the offense and like uh, make a ton of plays and be the focus of the defense. Like having a secondary talent would be like, uh, yeah, that, that would be pretty ridiculous. Which makes me wonder like what his actual trade value is, because I get that everybody thinks that his trade value is super low, but I also get the sense that the Nets are kind of like trying to fabricate all this interest in teams other than the Lakers just to drive up the Lakers price. I, I saw one report 
saying that they were trying to get like two first round picks out of the Lakers for Kyrie Irving, which I highly doubt that they're that desperate <laughs> to do yeah, that. Especially future ones where the Lakers know that like uh, they're cooked by then. Like right. that, that, that would be a little rough. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder like, what is his actual value? Like would the, would the Nets rather make a trade with, uh, with the Lakers and get, you know, Russell Westbrook and potentially buy him out or have him play out the season there and, you know, just have that be it? Or, you know, could the Mavs kind of get in get into the mix where they send salary filler like uh like Tim Hardaway Jr., uh Davis Bertans, and maybe instead of draft compensation, if they just had to get it done, you know, maybe you put uh Josh Green in there if you don't think he's gonna develop any further along than what he has in two years so far. Uh, you know, something like that I would be fine with, honestly. I think it's worth the risk. You get Kyrie Irving on an expiring deal, so, like, he's fighting for his next contract at this point. Like, he, I'm sure he probably knows, like, <laughs> if I have another year like what I did last year, I'm I'm not going to get another contract. Uh, so, you know, he in a contract year, you would think that he would be highly motivated uh, to get back on track. Uh, I think that and me and you, we've, we've talked about this and, you know, just texting about it back and forth a week or so ago, but you know, the, the connection with Nico Harrison, I think would be an important one, you know, in a situation like this, because, you know, being a former Nike executive, uh, high ranking executive, you know, he could potentially put in a good word for Kyrie who supposedly, you know, his Nike deal is in jeopardy, as one report put it, uh, you know, so if he if he did come to the Mavs and he had a great season, you know, did what he was supposed to, complete 180 from what happened in Brooklyn last year, it could really get him back on track, not just with, you know, getting his next NBA contract, but, you know, with his shoe deal and stuff like that too. So, uh, and like you said, the fit with Luka basketball-wise – you know, on paper seems to be incredible because he is a similar player uh, to LeBron James. And we know how we know how those two played together in Cleveland. So I, I would be very interested in it. I just wonder what the actual asking price for Irving is. And I, I wonder if they're just like, if they're just willing to kind of chase the or let, let the ground ball play out, <laughs> run out of ground ball, so to speak, instead of, you know, just giving him up for nothing. Because if you ask anybody around the league right now, it's like everybody thinks his trade value is nothing. But if that's the case, you know, why hasn't he been traded yet? If he if, if the Nets are just so itching to get rid of him, why hasn't he been traded yet? <laughs> it almost makes you wonder if, like, uh, Brooklyn is kind of holding out hope that Kevin Durant decides he doesn't want to get traded, uh, shows up to camp. And then they know that if they move Kyrie, that doesn't help. And right, yeah, that's kind of that might be uh, just a random uh, theory that I kind of just was thinking about a little bit. Well, and honestly, I mean, worst case scenario, and I know everybody is like itching for the drama now, but I mean, with Kevin Durant having four years left on his contract, you know, and Kyrie opting in the Nets can afford to play it out this next season and see how it goes. You know, they can keep Kyrie, they can keep Kevin Durant, 
uh, run it back, try and see, you know, how things go this next year. And then when Kyrie is an unrestricted free agent next summer, if he ends up leaving, uh, then you can, you know, turn back to Kevin Durant talks who, you know, he'll still have three years left <laughs> on his deal after this next season. So you could revisit those talks next summer if you wanted to. So I don't know. I know everybody wants to, I, I kind of want it to be resolved now too, but, uh, you know, I I would definitely take the Kyrie Irving risk if I'm the Mavs. If it's something that they can, if it's something they can pull off without giving up a future draft pick, because that 2023 pick that they owe to the Knicks is still, you know, it's kind of hamstringing them right now, and it has been for a while. Uh, once next year's draft is over, it's going to open up a lot more flexibility for the Mavs and potential big trades going forward in my opinion given the contracts they they have on their roster right now uh you'll have a year shaved off of tim hardaway jr if they don't do anything with him right now you have a year shaved off of bertans uh, and then you know who knows what's going to ha- end up happening with guys like dwight powell and maxi cleveland and stuff like that and at so. least hardaway's uh deal at least it's descending too so at least uh it's not not as bad as it goes along and is closer to coming to an end Right. And and another thing I'm probably in the minority on too is, you know, I've seen a lot of people wanting the Mavs to trade him this summer, but I mean, he had a really off shooting, like after two straight years of shooting nearly 40% from three, he had a really off year uh, before he broke his foot or, you know, had that foot fracture against the Warriors early in the year. Uh calendar year that is but you know he was shooting like 33 percent this year it just wasn't didn't really look like himself from the previous two years and from everything i've seen of him like online this summer and i I get you have to take all that stuff with a grain of salt but it looks like he's primed for a bounce back year i don't think he's going to shoot 33 percent from three again um and i think it might be wise for the mavs to actually hold on to him at least until closer to the trade deadline uh, so he can build his value back up a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, that descending contract is huge. I mean, given what he produces, even if it, even if he is shooting 33%, you know, he's still capable of giving you 15 points per game off the bench or as a starter. Uh, so I, I don't think that'll be a, a hard contract to for the Mavs to get off of at some point. But I do think it would be in their best interest to kind of build that value back up and just, you know, revisit that at the trade deadline. But. Uh, well, Grant, I appreciate you joining me today. Like I said, it's been a while since I jumped on here and did this, but um, I'm going to start doing at least two of these a week. Uh, I'm going to come on here later this week and talk about specifically Jaden Hardy, uh, AJ Lawson, and the rest of the Mavs Summer League team uh, and you know how I think those two-way contracts should play out and a bunch of other stuff. We're going to analyze some of these games uh, that we've been watching, even though it's not the best quality of, ba- <laughs> of basketball, we're still going to uh, give it a go with that. But, Grant, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we head off here? Um, yeah, I think uh, definitely looking forward to the rest of those games uh, for sure. And I think, uh, um, yeah, there's a Josh green size hole on the summer league team that would have made it a master class had he uh, participated according to my Twitter feed or mentions. Uh, so 
hopefully uh, Jane Hardy uh, closes it out pretty strong and uh, people will, will uh, you know, not be as upset about Josh Green not playing in meaningless basketball games in uh, July. Yeah, I mean, I, I made this comment last night in one of the group chats I'm in, but I'm so glad that Luca didn't play in summer league basketball because I could just imagine some of the overreactions that would, would have come. Oh, he's from too that. slow. <laughs> he can't get into the paint. Uh, this is a bust. Uh, oh, geez. It would have been horrible. But I, I will say this. I will say I, I don't really look at stats in summer league so much as I do, you know, just how how hard guys are playing. And I like the th- you know even though Jaden Hardy he started off with a twenty eight point performance in his first game and then uh, last night he didn't really have that great of a game he only scored I believe it was fourteen points and he was like let's see four of fifteen from the field but I like that he ended up with like six rebounds five assists a block a steal you know I, to me that tells me that he's staying active and even though he's not having a good shooting night he's still you know, has a pretty high effort level. That's the kind of stuff I look for in summer league. And, you know, in these games, he's the number one option during the season. If the Mavs don't make any other moves, you know, he's going to end up in a lower pressure bench role. And, you know, he's going to be able to do a lot more with, you know, more talented pieces around him. So overall, I'm very, you know, satisfied with what I've seen out of Hardy so far. He, he's still got a lot, long way to go. He's a young 20 year old, rookie that's going to make some growing pain mistakes but uh the potential is definitely there for sure and uh, i guess it does not help too when uh one of your matchups is like taco fall the july rudy gobert (laughs) (laughs) i love that the july rudy gobert that's amazing yeah i saw i saw him last night and i was just like man this guy is still playing in summer league games just, just unfair to some of these guys. And, like, they have no idea what to expect until they're up against it. <laughs> yeah, you almost, like, have to, like, drive and then get your floater swatted at least once. <laughs> no, all right, I can't get away with that today. Okay. Uh, but, Grant, I appreciate you joining me again. And, guys, y'all can follow him on Twitter, at Grant Afseth, spelled just like how it sounds, A-F-S-E-T-H. Um. Uh, and again, you can follow me at Dalton underscore Trig and our pod account at Step Back Mavs. Guys, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some other exciting stuff to come on here and talk about this summer, depending on how everything plays out with the rest of free agency and the trade market. But uh, if not, we're still going to have some really good summer league content, and you know, we'll, we'll start previewing uh, this next Mavs season very soon it's it's all the the nba is basically a year-round ordeal now so uh we'll be back on here and talking about all that soon enough thanks guys y'all have a great one we'll see you next time